All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and figure out what movies inspired it. And this is another special episode of the show. It's one of our filmmaker follow-up episodes. We will be talking to Clint Carney, the writer and star of Dry Blood, the movie that we covered last week on the show. So uh, I'm not going to do a whole lot of spiel up front. We're going to get right into the conversation. But as always, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. Make sure you are following us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. That was pretty quick, right? Let's get into the conversation. All right. So uh, today on the show, we are talking to a filmmaker. Uh, we're doing one of our uh, filmmaker follow-up episodes that we have only done a few of so far, but we really enjoy doing them because it, it lets us uh, get into the mind of the filmmaker a little bit and see what they think about what it is we do here on the show. Um, and today we are talking to Clint Carney, uh, writer and star of Dry Blood. Uh, Clint, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Um, so, you know, just to give people a little bit of backstory, I uh, originally connected with you because you know the Mahal brothers who I worked with on Bus Party to Hell and we actually covered that movie here on the show uh, which was fun because I had worked on it and you know it's not every day you get to cover a show uh, a movie on your own podcast that you sure. actually have something to do with um, but yeah. that was a lot of fun and uh, then I actually got to meet you uh, we uh, we ran in into each other at the Film Quest uh, Film Festival in Provo, Utah Um where you, we both had music videos in the festival and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a cool video and I mean, it was great getting to meet you and, uh, I, Thanks, likewise. I always liked that film quest festival. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a rad fest. Yeah. Yeah. It, there, there's a lot of cool stuff. It is. It's really cool. I love, I love genre stuff. I ended up you know? working on, we probably talked about this already, but not, not on the podcast, but I ended uh -huh. up working on the Mahal brothers, uh, next movie after that, which was, uh, right on art of the dead. Yeah, yeah, they they uh as usual they're out there raising all kinds of money um and so oh, yeah. I'm sure they're going to have the resources. <laughs> yeah, they've already got another one uh they're raising money for now. So Oh, just, those um, guys uh, right they know there. how to do it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm not sure we've talked a little bit about whether or not i'm going to uh do some more music on their next thing but uh not, nothing set in stone yet but i guess we'll we'll see what happens um but but um so for the people listening um you know when this goes up uh will have already published the main uh dry blood uh conversation that i did with my co-host chad clinton freeman um and where we get into the movie itself and talk about puzzle pieces and all that uh so this will be like a follow-up episode. So for people who are listening who maybe did check out Dry Blood already or who haven't quite yet, um, could you tell people a little bit about yourself? Uh, about myself or about the film? Or uh, about yourself yourself, <laughs> and, and then we'll, we'll move oh, into the film as well, but about yourself <laughs> as a filmmaker and an actor and writer and all that. Yeah, so sounds good. So uh, I'm very recently a filmmaker. Well, a professional filmmaker. I, I started making films when I was in high school, you know, short films and just really based around uh, gore and things like that. Uh, and then I, I focused uh, my career on the music industry and the art world for a long time. Uh, so I've been a touring musician for like 20 years and have uh, shown mm -hmm. art 
galleries all over the world and stuff. But then uh, I kind of fell into uh, the art department side of things in professional films. So I've done uh, a lot of props and artwork for bigger films. And um, then recently, or not recently, but uh, about 10 years ago, started focusing more on writing. And I've written a ton of scripts. And uh, the director of Dry Blood, Kelton Jones, and me uh, were set out to make a different film. Actually, initially it was a, a punk rock film called The Violent, which we are still trying to get off the ground. But that <laughs> uh, the budget of that one ended up being uh, much larger than we could deal with at <laughs> at that point in time. So uh, he had asked me if we had, or if I had another script in mind, something that could be done on kind of a smaller scale. And I was uh, churning around the story for Dry Blood in my mind at the time and uh, pitched it to him and he liked it. So I went ahead and finished the script and, uh, and that catches you up with my illustrious film career. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, you, you have quite a few uh, impressive uh, credits to your name and then, um, you know, some of the stuff that you've done, uh, you know, yourself is all some really cool stuff. And, you know, Dry Blood is, it's the first feature that, um, uh, that you actually wrote. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, I think yeah. Dry Blood was my sixth or seventh script that I wrote, but mm -hmm. the first one that was actually produced. So uh, very excited about that. Um, other right than short, short films and music video scripts and things like that, but uh, you know, sure. feature-wise, yeah, the first. <laughs> Is Kelton someone you had uh, worked with previously before uh, working on this? Well, I had uh, started a, a writers group, a screenwriting group, and uh, my friend uh, Chad Michael Ward was also starting a writers group at the same time. So we kind of merged our groups together and Kelton came along from Chad's group of friends. And uh, so I met him in that writing group and uh, we hit it off right away. And uh, I was directing a music video for my own band system sin. And Kelton uh, has been a working cinematographer for a number of years. He's very talented in that regard. And so I hired him, to come on and shoot that music video. And we liked working with each other uh, on set. And that's kind of uh, started from there. We decided we wanted to try to make a film together and uh, that's how it all started. Very cool. Right on. Um, so um, I, you know, I think we could kind of get into uh, dry blood a little bit here. Um, so the, f the first thing that we're going to do, and then we'll talk a little bit more about um, the production of it and whatnot as we're getting into some of these. I'm sure it'll kind of lead into some of those things. Uh, but what we do here, I'm piecing it together, is we you know look at uh, a movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. We call those the puzzle pieces. And so um, my, my friend Chad Clinton Freeman, who uh, used to run the Polygrind Film Festival, uh, so he's a big fan of movies like these. And uh, so me and him, we, we sat down and came up with puzzle pieces for this movie and so i'm going to run some of them by you not all of them but uh i'm going to run some of them by you kind of get your reactions uh you know your thoughts uh as far as those and whether or not we're you know anywhere on the mark or if they're just <laughs> like not something you had thought of whatsoever in the process <laughs> and uh and then we'll, we'll kind of get into if there's any that you maybe have in mind that were big influences that we didn't bring up so um you know, Sounds with good. that said, right on. W with that said, um, you know, it's funny. It, we we talked about this on the episode. Um, it, it's funny. I it always ends up happening this way. I, I don't know what it is, but we always end up when we're talking about uh, not just horror, but especially like you know indie horror films. We always end up talking about Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead movies. 
Um, <laughs> are those uh, uh, influences for you going into a movie like this? Uh, I mean, certainly because it's a cabin in the woods type scenario, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, and I love Evil Dead and I, I have an Evil Dead tattoo on my leg, in fact. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Uh, I I was fortunate enough. I actually got to uh, work on one of his projects. He was directing the pilot episode for a show called Rake with Greg Kinnear. So I got to do some props on that. Unfortunately, I didn't nice. get to meet him, but it was still cool just ah. to be able to work on a production that he did. But uh, uh, yeah, so certainly he, he's an influence of mine or, or a hero of mine. Uh, I don't know that necessarily outside of the similarities of there being a cabin in the middle of nowhere. I don't think there's a whole lot of parallels beyond that because mm-hmm. stories veer off in different directions, but uh, sure. I, I'm, I'm sure without evil dead, uh, many of those cabin in the woods type films would not exist for sure. And probably, <laughs> probably, probably the same. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't have any tattoos, but I do have an ash, uh, uh, decal on my car. So uh, nice. <laughs> I'm a big fan myself. Um, <laughs> the next, uh, puzzle piece we had is the shining, um, which of course with, uh, your characters, uh, you know, mental state and, uh, you know, the visions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you think as far as the shining as a, uh, as an influence? Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge influence on, on this film. Uh, obviously I love Kubrick. I love Stephen King and, uh, that's just such a beautiful film. And in a lot of ways, although it wasn't intentional at first, but after I had written the script, I thought about that a lot. I was like, Oh shit, this is like, a miniature version of the shining if the shining Man. had no budget <laughs> you know it, it, it's essentially you know in the shining uh jack nicholson's character or you know jack torrance goes out to the overlook hotel to uh even though he's there under the auspice of, of uh you know taking care of of uh this hotel he's really also sobering up because he's an alcoholic while he's out there and that's very much you know dry blood is the Brian Barnes character goes out to this cabin to uh, try to, you know, sober up. And that's kind of how things mm-hmm. start. And then, so yeah, I, definite, definite similarities in there. Uh, unintentional as I was writing it, but obviously I can clearly see that how that influenced the story in my mind as I was developing it. Although, yeah, sure. not intentionally, but, but it obviously yeah. there. <laughs> right on. Well, sorry. Another, another quick homage or another quick re- thing about that though, because once I realized that shining connection, just to kind of have a little, fl- cause I realized that after I wrote it, but before we started filming. So just mm-hmm. as a little nod to Nicholson, um, the sheriff's name, which you never see, you never hear his name in the film, but if you read his name tag, it says McMurphy, which is Jack Nicholson's character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So just a little random, <laughs> random thing. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's a great little Easter egg there. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, right on. Well, um, so yeah, so I, I was going to say, the uh, going back to The Evil Dead, we also ended up talking about The Evil Dead remake, because um, which, which the remake was... Uh, I still say it was a lot better than I ever would have imagined it would be. Um, but oh, mainly great. because, yeah. mainly because of the, uh, the, um, the reason that the character Mia is going to the cabin in the remake is, uh, to deal with, with addiction and, uh, to detox. And, uh, I was wondering if that, the, the idea of using horror, and I think that's actually going to run through a couple more of these is just, uh, you know, dealing with, um, 
uh, dealing with addiction and, and trying to, you know, get through that and the going to a place of isolation and of course ends up becoming a horror situation. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy the remake. Uh, honestly, I saw the remake after I had written the script, so it wasn't a mm -hmm. direct influence in terms of that particular plot point. But uh, it was in a way when I saw it, it was validating because I, I thought it was a great device in that film. It worked really well and it was a good explanation for why they were out there. Although, you know, secretly, I or not so secretly, I wish they hadn't have done that because we just did the same thing in a film, in our film, which wouldn't come out for uh, you know, some time, but, uh, you know, they did it first. I just hadn't seen it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Um, so I, another one, um, I guess I, I put these two together and this deals more with the, uh, the, hu the, the humor with the, uh, with the cop character, uh, played by Kelton Jones. Um, and we had, we had put down both, uh, Danny McBride and Eastbound and Down, as well as the cop from <laughs> Super Troopers. Um, because, because that cop is great. I mean, it's, it's a great character. He's very funny, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can see, I can see the connections just right there when, when you say it, uh, which is super funny, but, uh, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that when writing it. My, uh, my dad's actually a retired, uh, sergeant from the sheriff's department. And so, mm -hmm. um, I grew up hearing a lot of cop stories and things like that. And, uh, you know, them fucking with people and, and things sure. of that nature. <laughs> and I, and I really wanted to, you know, but it, in, I mean, it's not good natured if you're the person on the other end of it, but, uh, <laughs> some of the stories were, were pretty funny. And I, 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 that kind of, uh, wanted to give him that sense of mischief. Uh, but of course, if you're in Brian's shoes, you know, if you're the one being fucked with, it's not so funny. Uh, but but ultimately, you know, the reality of it is that the cop in this film is actually the good guy. You just don't identify with him that way because, you know, we kind of give you this anti-hero to be on the side of from the beginning. Sure. But uh, but yeah, the, <laughs> I, I, try, I tried to write it in a way how I thought those two characters would interact in in the real world. And I think uh, without intentionally trying to play it to be funny, but it just kind of uh comes across in a natural kind of humor way i think um if that makes sense i don't know <laughs> yeah no absolutely definitely yeah and and it's a good um you know it provides a good balance for the you know pretty heavy themes that you get into uh even though they're mixed with you know gore and horror and all that i mean still pretty heavy themes so it's it's good to have that uh you know that mix of of comedy in that first uh first act leading up to it um sure. so uh Another one that uh, that my co-host co had brought up, uh, and I think he was bringing it up partially because of the shot where you see into the trunk at the end. Uh, spoiler alert, uh -huh. of course, but there's spoilers on this show all the time. Um, <laughs> but um, also because of the, uh, the uh, I, I guess you'd say the slow burn building up to just all of a sudden, every, you know, all hell breaking sure. loose. Um, he had brought up From Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, what do you think about that as an influence? I, I, to be honest, I've only watched the movie once when it was in the mm. theaters and I do remember enjoying it, but I also remembered that I enjoyed the first half a lot more than I did the second half. I kind of, mm. it was more of a uh, serial killer story than a vampire story. So right. I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily an influence, uh, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the film, um, mm -hmm. more so I think with the slow burn 
yeah, my, my favorite era of cinema is the late eight, uh, the late seventies and, and then early eighties kind of back mm-hmm. when you could get away more with doing a slow burn and the audience, uh, their attention span was a little greater. And so maybe I, uh, <laughs> that, that's kind kind of the kind of why it goes that way. It's just kind of like my homage to films from, from that period or mine and Kelton's homage to films from that period. But, um, I, I was very pleased to see more recently films like uh, Hereditary and The Witch being yeah. so well received uh, for being such, you know, what people would consider slow burns, but the, they're great films. And I'm, I was pleasantly surprised to see that they were able to find an audience with films of that style. Yeah, no, they do. It does seem to have, um, you know, of course, it, you know, movies in general are so there's so much out there now and so many different styles, but that definitely does seem to be like having a little bit of a uh, comeback, at least, um, you know, to a certain audience anyway, and certainly in the horror world, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so I'm going to bring up just, uh, two more, um, that I'll put together here. And this is coming back to the themes of, uh, you know, addiction and recovery and all that. And that's yeah. Requiem for a Dream and Train Spotting. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly the, those are great films and, uh, no doubt had, had influenced it kind of in the back of my head, although again, not conscious influences, you know, mm-hmm. You know, I, I did think of one other thing with The Shining, uh, which I guess sure. I'll get back to. Well, I'll just jump in now while, while I'm thinking of it. The uh, the first ghost that you see in the film, uh, we totally played up to be like, uh, you know, kind of that uh, Shining uh, Room 237 ghost moment. Uh, right. Not, not, not directly, but just in that same way. You have the ghost in the bathroom coming out of the shower type thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just a little, a little minor thing, but it was like, okay, it's going to be, it's Shining-esque. Might as well play it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. With, with Requiem and, and Train Spotting, um, you know, the, the interesting thing about those films is that you take your, uh, your protagonists in the films and you give them, you know, kind of this very humanizing yet hard to swallow uh, problem of having a drug addiction, which, you know, I think, Many people have known addicts in their lives, and oftentimes uh, those are the type of people that people deliberately cut out of their lives because, you know, for, for whatever reason, uh, addicts tend to alienate uh, the, the ones they love. And so to take mm. a character like that and try to make him a protagonist, uh, I always found very interesting in films, and especially films that do it very well, like uh, Requiem and uh, Train Spotting. Yeah, absolutely. It it it, it kind of hurts a little bit when you see him like going back and uh, you know, relapsing and whatnot. Um, oh yeah, because you you want them to succeed, but yeah. You know, um... <laughs> Even once all the gore starts, you still want them to succeed somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know, actually, I will bring up one one last one um, sure. that uh, Chad had brought up, which was the uh, the films of Greg uh, Lamberson, uh, Slime City Massacre and Dry Bones. Uh, those kind of like just you know just super gore films. I have not seen those actually, but okay, uh, it sounds like I like those titles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chad is a big fan of uh, 
of all things, the, the most obscure gore film. So I never know for sure if people know those movies when he brings those ones up. Um, but yeah, a- absolutely. They sound like a lot of fun. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, with, with that said, are there any um, specific influences that you uh, have that maybe I didn't mention? Uh, yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, yeah, we made a point of making some, or a lot of it came in in the writing phase, but there are a couple of films that I just love that I was like, ah, never written a ghost script before this might as well, uh, throw in some little homages. So, uh, that, that same thing with, you know, the shining esque bathroom ghost, the entire scene that leads up to the reveal of that ghost is basically, um, very, uh, it, it's it's an homage to a very similar scene in The Changeling uh, with George C. Scott, where mm. uh, he's in a much larger house, but he hears uh, water running and that causes draws his attention to this location in, in the house. And I thought that was a great device then and a, a really great and, and often uh, overlooked ghost film. And I uh, just, you know, it's always been one of my favorites and I just wanted to have a little moment in there that to... to give a nod to that film sure so that's one um there's a lot of stuff hidden throughout the movie just real subtle you know hey what's up this you know <laughs> we like your movie <laughs> so <laughs> we're putting this in uh but there's there's, other, there's some other non-film related things too that i just wanted to throw in there just a little details like um you know growing up my uh my uncle uh william carney was a horror writer and so the book that Anna is reading, uh, the one scene where she's reading a book, uh, that's his first novel in, in that book. And then nice. uh, the opening sequence, or the, the scene where you first see the cop and he's talking to uh, the clerk, Rob Galuzzo's character in the store. Uh, he's actually, uh, he's telling him the story about this um, body that they find in the snow or whatever which is actually a reference to a novella that i wrote uh that was uh i did a concept album for my band system sin called all seasons mm-hmm. past and it, so the album tells a story but there's a novella that i wrote that was released with the album that gives you kind of the complete story that you don't necessarily get all through just the album alone and that's a reference to uh do that uh for the for anyone who's fans of my music just a little nod and a, a few nice. people that saw the film at the festivals actually came up to me after and and got it, which was pretty satisfying. That they oh, that's great, <laughs> that's <happens>. awesome. Because <laughs> it means they also took time to read the book. So hey, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I like that you're uh, you're a fan of the Easter egg. I, I think that's that's great. Um, it, it's it's cool <laughs> when when a filmmaker like throws in all those little things, especially for the fans and stuff like that. That's great. Oh yeah, Rob, Rob Rob Galuzzo's shirts. Every time he's on screen, his shirt is another uh, is another Easter egg. <laughs> I guess I'll just spoil <laughs> them all for you now. Now he's wearing uh, a System Sin shirt at one point in time, which is again my band, and I did the score for the film under that moniker. Then he's wearing a uh, a Shockwaves shirt, which is his podcast. <laughs> and then um, what else is he wearing? Um, Oh, no, maybe it wasn't Shockwaves. It was the podcast he did before that. Uh, and then uh, he's also wearing a shirt for The Violent, which is that punk film that I mentioned that Kelton and I are still trying right, to get off right. the ground. That doesn't exist yet, but Rob is wearing the shirt for it in that film. So 
That's uh, awesome. When that movie gets made, that'll be a fun bit of trivia. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, in my, in my uh, artificial music video that you saw at the film festival, uh, the the uh, doll character, he's watching one of my previous music videos in it. Um, oh, when no. he's sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so th that's, that's awesome though. I like that. Uh, so yeah, you know, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, before we, uh, wrap this thing up, uh, a couple more questions I had. Um, first of all, was the music, you know, especially since we're both composers, I figured I would, you know, ask you about that, about your, your process when, you know, was this, had you, uh, scored a feature before this? Yeah, this is the third feature that I've scored, uh, mm -hmm. but the first two were uh, my, my friend Tony Dublin. He is a he's a special effects artist, but he also directs uh, some micro budget films. And mm -hmm. I don't know, fifteen years ago or so, I had scored a couple of his films, but it was more it was less traditional scoring like this was like dry blood was and more like, Hey, I like this system send song. Can you do some variations on, on this song sure. that I can sprinkle throughout the film, that sort of thing. And, and there were some stuff custom written for those songs, but it wasn't done a, in the same way that, that this one was, this one was very much a, you know, the, these songs were custom made to fit into these scenes and, and to sell the vibe that I wanted for each scene. Was that uh you know, a very rewarding experience to get to score your own, uh, film. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I tend to be a control freak, you know, when it comes mm -hmm. to creative output. And so for me, it's like, well, I could try to explain to a composer exactly how I want these to feel, or I could just do it myself. And you know, the reality of it is I could probably hire a composer that would do something completely unexpected. That would be way better than, than what I thought, <laughs> but also, uh, you know, with an independent film, budget's also a factor, and it's a skill set that I had. So, um, yeah, that route. But it, it, uh, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out, and we just got picked up. We got a record deal uh, with Burning Witches Records. It's a UK record label. They're going to be putting it out on vinyl next year and nice. uh, digital as well. So I'm stoked to have it. Uh, this is my first uh, System Sin album that's coming out on vinyl. So pretty stoked on that. Oh, that's great, man! Congratulations with that. That's awesome. Thank you. So, um, so, you know, just, I guess overall, um, how, how are you feeling about the finished thing and everything and that it's going to be out there? I know it's, I know it's had a lot of, uh, a lot of great, um, uh, festival appearances. Yeah. It's, uh, we did a big festival run. We, it was pretty well received at, at the festivals. We won some awards and that was, that was very nice, but now, but you know, sometimes I think that a festival audience, which is com comprised mostly of other genre filmmakers sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes i think that they are more kind than the public at large so it is a little i am a little nervous you know i i i'm or i should say i'm anxious to see what people think of the film i know already it's not a film for everybody uh but i made mm -hmm. a film kelton you know we made a film for ourselves you know one that we would enjoy watching and i think uh that the right people will get what we were trying to do and i hope that it finds its audience and that the the people that enjoy such weird, uh, you know, twisted movies will, will like it. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely an audience out there for something like this and, uh, you know, it's very well done. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, people are going to find it and, and really enjoy it. Uh, so what much. are you planning on next? What, what are you working on? Uh, well, I've got a number of, uh, irons in the fire in terms of, uh, potential next features um 
so yeah, I'm doing some pitches and getting some scripts out there and things like that. And so uh, I can't say for certain what the next one will be, but um, uh, there there are some potential things that may happen. So what, <laughs> whoever, uh, what, whatever script that's floating out there gets financed first, that'll, that'll be the next film. But I'm really, uh, uh, I've directed a number of things, uh, short films and music videos and stuff, but I have not personally directed a feature yet. And so uh, the next one, I'm hoping I get to uh, you know, try out my directing chops on a feature and uh, we'll see how that goes. Sweet. Sounds good. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Clint, for uh, for taking the time to do this. Um, I, I'm glad to get a chance to watch the movie and I'm glad that we were able to cover it here on the show. Um, you have any last things you want to say or any, where can people find uh, your work and all that? Yeah, I mean, first off, just yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's it's, it's been a blast, and I, I can't wait to hear the the commentary on what you guys yeah. <laughs> what you guys <laughs> said about the film. Uh, uh, that Dry Blood is available currently for pre order from Epic Pictures dot com. They've got a special pre order sales price on the DVD and the Blu Ray right now. Uh, it'll soon be up for pre order on iTunes as well, uh, and then when it comes out, it should be available everywhere that VOD and Blu Ray sold. Um, but and then you can find out more about me. My website is clintcarney.com and I've got some of my music video work up there and some of my artwork and and we'll be, you know, pushing uh whatever new film projects I have through there. And I'm all on all the uh social network sites as well, that sort of thing. Sounds good. Well, uh again, thanks for being here and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh what you do when you get behind the camera, start directing some features. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join We Be Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the geek revolution. Want to know more? I told you that was going to be a fun conversation. Uh, thanks again, Clint Carney, for coming on Piecing It Together and talking to me about what it is we do here, getting into all those puzzle pieces and everything. It was a great time talking to you. Um, and I hope you all check out Dry Blood. Again, it's going to be available this week on Blu-ray. There will be a uh, link in the show notes for you to go follow and go check it out. I hope you do. So uh, that does it for today. We will be back later this week with the A Star is Born episode. And uh, we're going to be going steady ahead for the rest of January with a whole bunch of episodes. Uh, we'll be following that up with Halloween. And then maybe we'll squeeze in an episode on glass. We, uh, we, we have enough episodes to fill out January. We don't even really need to record any. Uh, but maybe we'll squeeze that in because I've been looking forward to glass forever. So... I think that'll probably happen. So anyway, uh, as always, I want to remind you all, please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together. You could do that on any of the major podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, TuneIn Radio, and a whole bunch of other apps. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod, 
join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And you can sign up for our mailing list over on our website, piecingpod.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could do. You could even rate and review us on iTunes. You know what? I'm... I could just keep going and going. There's so many things you could do. Get in touch with us and give us some feedback directly. You can email me, bydavidrosen at gmail.com, or just tweet at us or whatever. You know what? I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what you're thinking of the show. So, you know what? All those things and more, just do it all. I want to hear from you all. We're going to have some contests coming up real soon. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this new year of piecing it together. I hope you guys are enjoying the show, and uh, we're going to keep doing more episodes. So... Stay tuned for all that. Um, I left you guys last week with a creepy piece of my music, and I have plenty of creepy pieces of music to pick from. So uh, let's do another one of those. How about the track Broken Circuits from my first album, Echoes in the Dark, which has a really cool music video too, another creepy heart-influenced video. So make sure you check that out on my YouTube.
and All Points West. 